Welcome to Talking Volleyball. I'm Steve Hammond, and in each episode, BJ Leroy and I talk with coaches, players, and others who have a love for volleyball. Our guests have a desire to learn and share what they know and explore ideas to expand the sport. In this episode, David Roper, head coach of Colleton Prep Academy in South Carolina, joins us to discuss ideas for newer coaches working with existing teams. We cover coaching with COVID, ideas for warm-ups, scouting, and more. So join us. David, welcome. Um, you're our first test coach um, to uh, kind of come along and you know, the one of the ideas behind this one is to play with this technology and see what we can get out of it and uh, and and use it for um, helping coaches and maybe some players uh, like uh, we did last week with Paolo. Um, so uh, the question for you is, um, what questions do you have? I'm at the high school level, not quite there, Division One yet coaching. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, this is my first year as a head coach. Um, walking into this year uh, i've only had two years um prior as an assistant uh so i have a lot to learn about the game and i continue to learn about the game um so you know th- the main thing i just try to uh right now is uh positivity um with the athletes they keep that going as well as uh you know learning the game to be a better coach for them as well. So if, if you had uh, to think we, about we, one of the challenges, what what, uh, what would be a challenge for you these days? As, as the head coach, um, walking in, for instance, this year, you know, I have uh, on the varsity team six seniors uh, that have obviously been coached by somebody else um, prior to this season. Uh, so, you know, uh, looking at a major culture change or anything, that's not something I was coming in to try and do. Um, with this team, um, just b- build off of uh, what they already had, and um, and I've just been real fortunate that these girls uh, really took into me a little bit, and they've actually helped me along with the game quite a bit as well. So, David, where are you from? Where where are you coaching? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I'm I'm actually in uh, the great state of South Carolina now. I'm originally from Florida. Oh. Um, I'm prior. I'm prior military, so my last duty station was here in South Carolina. What uh, what base in South Carolina? I've worked on a lot of them in my in my other job outside of volleyball. Sure, sure, yeah. My last duty station was at Charleston, South Carolina, at Charleston Air Force Base. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Cool place. I think I asked a little bit about, you know, uh, the aha moments you might have had as a coach. Uh, yeah. So like um, one, one that I shared that I, I wrote back to you was uh, this moment right here. Um, you know, it, it uh, I, I, re- I coach the girls uh, do their best and um, anything that they do and put effort. And if you work hard at it, um, you can achieve goals and um, to set those goals and, uh, you know, the, to really, to really do your due diligence, to do the best you can at it. And as a coach, I feel like sitting here now with talking with you guys, this is, uh, this is certainly going to make me better. And um, a lot of the content that I read, get off the Facebook page uh, from other coaches, uh, from a variety of uh, experiences, all the way from uh, my level up to your level, BJ. Um, just that information that's put out there is terrific. And uh, what a great um, resource it is to have coaches like myself uh, be able to come and get that information from um, the page. Yeah, I'm not even uh, a, a good a good uh, Facebook acquaintance of mine is uh, Doc Ricky, and uh, he doesn't like the idea of levels. <laughs> you know, right. um, he thinks uh, we should be able to coach at. Uh, at you know six-year-olds and 10-year-olds and 15-year-olds and 25-year-olds and and they're all you know that you may be better or worse but it's it's much more about experience and you know the experiences you have and you can have 12-year-olds that are really experienced you might have 25-year-olds that are just starting so so the idea of levels, and and uh, I I don't mean to say it in a bad way. I just want to say, uh, you know, I I hope that I could coach anywhere. 
<laughs> you know, right. Um, that's, that's, that's my goal. The follow up with that. Um, I, I, I think, uh, I feel where you're coming from as well. You know, I've only been, uh, around the sport of volleyball for three years now and, um, feel that, um, uh, going into as a varsity head coach, although I don't, uh, varsity volleyball head coach, uh, I don't quite have the experience, um, for the game itself, but I, I do have multiple years of uh, coaching experience, um, other levels of sports or other sports, I should say, um, from club to, uh, rec ball, um, for soccer and such like that. But, uh, I, I, I find myself, um, especially with, excuse me, especially with the varsity, I find myself more managing uh, just the game itself than what I like to say, coaching them. When, uh, you know, I'm not so much teaching them any fundamentals. I'm just basically trying to put um, the game together and help them guide them for that. And like I said, with having a, a six, uh, six senior class um, this year on the varsity team, it's just, they they really direct me in the right direction on that too and um help me out show me what and lead me with what's going to work for us um because they they know what they can do better than i know what they can do so that's a great outlook uh that's that's something that i'm working every day <clears throat> to uh to do better at is to ask the players where are you at where do you want to go how can we help you? What are you seeing? And and then helping to build around uh, exactly what you were talking about. Um, how do how do we how do we enhance what you're already seeing? And that's a that's a neat outlook. Yeah, I'll I'll bring up a question uh, for both of you. Um, just you know, not just volleyball related but uh with the with the covid rules and uh protocol and um the quarantine how, how has that affected you and your teams this season well uh for us it's uh it's it's been tricky you know uh going back to the spring um we were testing a couple times a week and making sure that everybody's healthy. And, um, it was very different once, once we got into a, a setup where most people were vaccinated, um, we didn't have nearly as many concerns, um, because we just didn't have that high rate of, of, uh, contraction of the disease. So, <clears throat> Uh, now we're, we're getting our last couple of players, uh, fully vaccinated. Everybody is everybody on our staff and everybody in the team has at least their first vaccination. Second one is, you know, obviously looming. Um, but we're still having to play sometimes in masks and sometimes, you know, we, in, in practice, we're allowed to be out of masks as, as players. In, in the, the, the coaches, anybody that's off of the court has to be in masks. Um, but I don't find that much of a burden, quite honestly. I, right. uh, I'm, I'm always happy to jump in and take my mask off. But um, it really hasn't been all that bad uh, this fall. Mm -hmm. Mentally it was a strain in the spring um, because it was just so different. But now we're kind of back to normal and wearing a mask just isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, um, we were we were fairly affected on the girls side, which I don't coach on at the moment. Um, but uh, the end of last season, so this would be a year ago, thereabouts, um, we uh, we had gotten into the first round of the playoffs and we upset a team um, to go into it was a play in match. And uh, and unfortunately, we had a covid situation that meant that we were done. So we forfeited the next match and they kind of went on. And, it, you know, it was a one V eight match kind of thing or one V 16. I can't remember. But it was one of those. Uh, yeah, you probably weren't going to win that one. But still, 
Um, you know, I thought they played well. They had a good season. At least they ended on a on a positive with a win. Um, and then uh, the girls' season this year, we had uh, we had a, a, a another COVID situation where um, you know I was asked to come in and help out for a week or so, and and that worked out okay. You know, we had to move a couple of matches around in that. On the boys' side, we didn't have any problems uh, last season. It was a very short season, and we weren't allowed to play any tournaments. So uh, we were just, uh, we, I think we had 13 matches, and that was pretty much it. And at the end of it all, um, it, um, you know, it was, um, I think it was fairly positive, but it was a shorter season, and we certainly, the numbers were affected. Um, I would say the prior year, we had about, a dozen kids from the soccer team come out to play volleyball. We had zero last year, and I think a lot of them opted for track and field because it was outdoors and, and perceived as safer. Mm -hmm. And you can't really argue with that. So um, for me personally, I, I use N95 masks, and I am not in the best shape that I have been in my life. So I get gassed more than the boys do just from moving around on the sideline and uh, you know, hustling, you know, just to, you know, getting revved up a little bit. It's like, okay, every now and then you want to pull a mask out a little bit to let a little more air through. But um, I usually do that when I'm well away from the other players. But uh, the kids, um, our guys wore their masks real well uh, and and uh, were more conservative just on their own. Uh, I found that many of our opponents, though, um, they were, you know, there were no mask guidelines at all. How about in, in your case, David? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, we haven't been as strict. I think we're a little bit more open now as well in our season. <clears throat> um, it just really depends on uh, uh, the location, school, and um, the referees that I've I've. It seems like this season, um, every match we walk into has been something a little different. Um, they either expect it, want it, or uh, don't. Um, for instance, uh, the coin toss, it's either coaches only, um, or captains, um, have had it both ways. Of course, we, um, on side outs or, um, we're not switching sides on at end of sets. Uh, so we stay, we stay and play the same side, um, unless there's some kind of obstacle that may, you know, be determined, then it would be up to the coaches, but, uh. You know, uh, the, the, the mask, um, like I said, it's just been hit and miss. We did a, we did have a 10 day quarantine, um, that affected us a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we went into quarantine for some exposures and, um, uh, the day we got off of uh, quarantine, we went and played one of our toughest region opponents. Um, uh, so, you know, 10 days off the court, no practice, no, uh, no, no interaction, or court time or anything like that. And um, it, it took a little bit to recover from that, but you know, we're, we're back in the swing of things back in, uh, you know, going full, full on right now and um, you know, doing well. And all we can do is just uh, continue to be thankful that we're playing and hope that we get to finish the season out. So if, if you had a, a, a question or something you're curious about David, that, that we could at sure. least, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could help you with. I know BJ's got. Uh, if you if you get into statistics with BJ, we'll be here for a while. But that's good too. Uh, you know, I run a five one right now with a libero. Um, my libero is in and out for my right sides, uh, <clears throat> and um, you know, my setter is. Uh, I have my setter starts in um, serve second, so she's she's up in the middle, and, and then uh, we've you know. She plays all the way around, um, coming out of base from the right side, um, you know, and and mostly at my JV level, my, my setter has a tendency to, um, when she comes back around or when she comes to back to the back row and uh, goes to meet in the middle out of base uh, for the set, she likes to dump the ball or set the ball over the net. And I try to tell her, you know, your back row, you can't do that. You need to set somebody. Um, or keep your feet on the ground and try and put the ball over. But um, so, is there anything that you would uh, recommend me possibly telling her or getting her to do that would remind her that she's can't attack from the back row? Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, that's a great thought. Um, generally, 
we like our setters to have at least some ability to attack because right. we we want to keep the other team thinking about us you know um mm-hmm. it's it's possible to attack from the back row maybe not as effective because you can't reach the ball above the net you know the the ball has to be at least partially below the net before you attack but there are a couple of decent attacks that you can make i think um and, and to get back to steve's point you can start to track what the setters are doing as far as their attacks you can do it you can track them the same way as a hitter um you've taken this many attacks you've been successful this many times you've been dug this many times and you made this many errors and you can show them hey if you're if you're attacking better than our outside hitter go ahead and keep attacking Mm -hmm. but if 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 you're not attacking as well as our outside hitters or you know our, our pin hitters then we probably got to set the pin hitters more often. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a, that's a great way for me. That's how I like to use st- statistics is uh, you're, you're better or you're worse than these other people that are on your team. So do we want you to attack or do we want somebody else? Does that make some sense? Yes, sir. You know, I think another thing that comes to mind is is a lot of times, especially if you're, you're and again, it depends on the setter, but uh, I, a lot of younger setters or slower setters um, wind up dumping the ball um, because they're not where they need to be to take the ball. Um, so I might work with her to find out, you know, if it turns out that she's approaching the net, not squared up to set the outside hitter, but she's getting there late and facing the net, she's going to be a lot more likely to want to just push the ball over. And if she likes to jump set, that's when you get into a situation where that could be a problem. You know, if I had a player who was in that situation and needed to make a play on that ball, I would want him to hit, I think just me, I'd like him to get good at hitting a down ball to deep zone one. Um, you know, uh, kind of thing, a roll shot to deep zone one if they're right-handed. If they're left-handed, there's a lot more stuff you can do. Uh, not that right-handers can't adapt, but it's a, it's a little more awkward. But if she's getting there late and not squared up, that might be the reason that she's dumping it. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, I, I'd have to see what she's doing exactly. Um, if, you're, if she's getting called for back row attacks a lot, then she's elevating, obviously, or she's six foot six. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, those are things to think about. I'd, yeah, I'd like that. That'd be fun. I'd like that too. I know she's definitely not six six, yeah. but you know. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, you know, great point there. It, the, the the player, if if the player is late. Um, she's she's m- much more likely to to dump a ball, you know, to to throw it into the opponent's court. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a passing, but a lot of times it is just being late. So, getting that that setter into position sooner helps a ton. Yeah, and the passing's definitely. I had a I had a setter one time, uh, and God love her. She was fast and cover. She must have gone miles and miles and miles because we could not get her the ball for most of the season. Um, now made her really good after that because when she got to higher levels and people could pass, she could still cover a lot of ground. But uh, and occasionally you get a slow setter or one. Um, the other the other thing I look for in setters is how. Um, how adept are they at playing defense? So if this, if you told me this person was dumping the ball, not getting square, and not really playing defense, I would go, yeah, work on anticipation, work on either defense first or really being definitive about when you dis- when when she calls free ball and, and you know meaning she's leaving. And I'll ask you that, BJ. I I generally have my setter make that call uh, of, of the free ball to let the others know she's releasing. Um, and get you know get those two back row players in better position to cover the back row. Um, I, other teams might do it differently. Yeah, I, I 
I think uh, every team kind of does that different. Um, that's certain. That's you know one good way. Uh, the I heard um, I heard one of the cap instructors one time talk about this. He was from England, and I want to say um, I can't think of his name right now. It'll come to me, but they had a a term for it that they used. And it was a, a, a free ball. They called it a chance ball instead of a free ball. So it was a chance to score a point. And, and they just, they kind of went crazy anytime that they, they got that, that opportunity or that chance. Um, so I, I like that. Um, I like that sort of, sort of thinking, you know, somebody has to, somebody on the team has to re- recognize that, Hey, here we go. We're getting a chance. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's free ball time for sure. Yeah, I think if you've been watching Ted Lasso or or, or that sort of <laughs> thing, uh, I, that's the other one I've picked up from that is unlucky, which uh, they beat to death. But <laughs> how was that? Oh, he's a bit unlucky. But that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. You know, another thing you mentioned, David, that that came to mind was um, your your libero for your right sides. Um, how are, are your right sides good attackers? Uh, uh yes, sir. They um, well, they're not terrible. Um, I, they do well. Um, that sounds that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, that so you know that it, it works out well for us. Um, you know, one's a little uh, weaker in setting so uh mm-hmm. you know our libero um serves in our number two spot for that right side and um and the other one does a little better in serving when they're hitting from the right they do well uh you yeah. know they 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 have some kills they put on the board um actually i feel like at my level um anybody kind of swinging from the right side or uh, you know with our experience where we're at at high school at high school um you know, we have a good chance of killing, putting a kill on the floor um, because, you know, a lot of defense are looking for that power outside hitter. Sure. Um, you know, and that's what a lot of, a lot of, you know, you get a, a lot of these teams with one or two uh, outstanding or great players, you know, and that's typically their outside or, you know, uh, DS or, you know, their setter. And um, so, mm-hmm. or even the middle at that fact but when you can when you can come in from the right side um it, it does well for us and they're, they're pretty decent at it yeah i i just think back i had a, a really athletic right side um it was the strangest actually uh, this is years ago now but um um mike uh, my mentor mike hewlett who uh bj knows or knew when he before he passed away a couple of years ago um he uh he had us doing a number system for our back row attacks. Fast back row attacks were numbered from 10, 30, 50, 70, 90. And the 90 ball was a back row attack by the, the right side back player. And I had a, this kid had about a 36-inch vertical and was a good athlete. And he could hit that 90 ball all day long. And he was a big – we, we ran more back row attacks – off the right side because of that it turns out he was really not very good at hitting you know the the right side attack up front which boggled my mind but you know it was one of those things he just his timing wasn't there and he worked as hard as he could at it but um again you can't do that when you've got them liberoed out but um you know again if they're if they're um maybe you're weaker, a weaker back row defender, then it's, it's always a good move to, you know, bring a Libro in for your weakest back row attack or a defender. Um, but there's, there's options like that. Uh, I don't know how much, I guess that leads to another question, which is how much back row attacking do you do? Uh, well, um, we do a little, I actually, our libero does, uh, well, you know, she hits the ball below. She's about five foot, nothing, five foot, two, three, um, an outstanding um, defender, um, and uh, so she, she she does a little bit of attacking below the net, and um, she's got some pretty good shots from back there. Um, you know, my right back and left back. Uh, when we're really out of system, it might happen, but we typically don't set for it. Um, you know, like we're, we're usually in the middle. Um, we're wanting to set the net at the middle or at the pins. Um, so. 
Sure. You know, the, the only one usually usually attacking from the back would be my libero. Okay. BJ, how about let's talk about out of system? Well, it's critical. Um, <laughs> I mean, you we spend even at the national level. I don't know the numbers. Uh, you know, Karcher, Nate Go, or somebody like that could could tell us the numbers, but. Um, I want to say they're out of system at least half the time. So we really, really need to be good at knowing what in the heck we're going to do when we're out of system and, and still being able to attack when we're out of system, right? Um, that's, that's probably the critical item is it, if you're out of system, that's one thing being able to attack the other team when you are out of system is, is sort of a critical, uh, idea. Um, you know, philosophically anyway, uh, is that what you're looking for, Steve? I mean, well, I was just, it's one of those things that, um, as a younger coach, I really didn't think about as a, a lot until I went to Colorado Springs for a cap two. And they were like, uh, there was a whole segment on out of system systems. And, uh, you know, and, and one of the things they advocated for is on a, on a really a, a poor first uh, pass. Uh, let's say you, you get a poor first pass to to um, uh, to zone five and, you, you know, you, make, you got somebody back there and, and uh, their their recommendation and everybody's different on this. Some coaches want your, you know, set the second ball no matter what. Um, when I went through that, you know, they were like, here's what we do. The, the back row person calls the ball, calls the name of the person they're setting and sets them. And, you know, and we don't care if the other team knows as long as we get a swing. And, uh, you know, I trained my girls that way, which was was fun. And then I went, went they went to high school and I watched them play one play and they did exactly, you know, that, you know, shanked zone five. She set a beautiful ball. They got a swing and the coach chewed that setter out from one end of the court to the other. And I saw him after the match. I said, you know what? You got to do what your current coach is looking for. You, you know, so, if, you know, don't completely forget what I, I, I advocated for. But, you know, you do what the coach needs in their system. And that's what they need. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Uh, um, coaches that recognize that they're going to be out of system a lot will spend a lot of time in practice working on out of system. <laughs> and if, if you're a coach that hasn't recognized that yet, then uh, you, you really, uh, you, you're not paying attention, you know, to the game. Because we are out of system a ton. Yeah, and with my teams, you might want to ask more, when are we in system? Um, but regardless, you know, we work. So a lot of our, our just our gameplay, we'll, we'll do speedball because we're doing back row attacks all the time, three on three speedball um, as a warm up. Uh, um, and little things, um, I, you know, I was thinking about what, what do you do for warm ups? Um, because uh, I, this goes all the way back to like 20 years when I, I think it was it was either Laskevich or one of the one of the you know the '80s you know coaches uh, for the for the Olympic teams was doing a doing a um, uh, a uh, like a one day seminar at uh, that they used to do in the in the Great Lakes region. They don't I don't think they do them anymore. But uh, they came in and the first thing was like, how do you do warm ups? And he started kids doing shuttle passing, and I thought. You know, made all the arguments for it. It's motion. It's moving. It's it's you know you get your you get your heart rate up. You get you're working on your hands and you know and on your underhand passing and um, and I started to adopt that and it worked pretty well. Yeah, you know, I'm always open to something new. Then Mike taught me to do a thing he calls available when we warm up for hitting, and it it's you know everybody transitions off. Um, there's no, we don't do, uh, hitting lines. Uh, we, we do transition off setter sets, whoever they set, everybody's ready to attack. Um, and, uh, you know, the, you make a swing, you duck under the next guy ducks under to take your place and, you know, it works great, but, you know, um, and then in some cases, which I like, you see teams that just go out there and do six minutes of play. 
before they play, which is great. You know, if you do that, um, you're going to be more in the game. It's it's as game like as you can get. So, um, thinking about that for younger coaches, uh, because a lot of times they're going to see um, they're going to see some very drill based warm ups, which I don't know, just philosophically, I think are fine, but wouldn't be where I would go. Yeah, I um, you know that's uh, something that could probably make us better as well. You know, I, I, I do run a hitting line warm up um, <clears throat> where toss the ball over the net, you know, uh, DS or libero passes the ball to the setter, setter set. So we're not transitioning off the net typically. Uh, we do move through it. Um, but, you know, uh, we, and, and then prior to that, we do some pepper, um, you know, uh, a partner peppered or two or three um, pass pass set swing you know to each other type um drills and then um i will uh line them up three on the end line and with one person out front and um, just pepper and back and forth with each person moving to the back of the line um just the, the same to keep their feet moving and then pretty much uh, about a minute and a half or so of um of serving and then we're it's game time yeah warm-ups are, are really hard uh we're we're sort of confined to to space at times. You know, we have to stay on this half of the court, or you have you have two minutes of full court, and and even at university, we 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 struggle with that. Like, how do we deal with this warm up to make it uh, really good? It's it's sort of you know maybe my personal belief is. If if we can, if we get on the court, be a little sweaty, you know, at game time, uh, we're probably okay. You know, we're, it it it's not a, it, it's not critical to to do specific things during warmups. Um, I, I do think. If you look at it from a from a time standpoint, you know, for us, we we warm up for thirty five minutes at at the college level, at in high school, and it was twenty minutes. Um, if you take that twenty minutes and you project it over the entire season, that's a lot of time. So you 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 do want to best you can have things um, that make sense. Uh, or that are making you better during that warm up, um, you know, take 20 minutes and protect the times the 40 practices that you're going to have. It's it's a ton of time, um, and and your, your your team, you know, the the developing players and even the the bench players can be getting better uh, while they do that. So I I don't know. I mean that's that's where I fall in that kind of stuff. I'm I'm really into efficiency. Yeah. So you, uh, you know, yeah, in, our, in your, no, go ahead, go ahead, David. Sorry. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I had coached a JV team as well. <clears throat> and, in, excuse me. And you say bench players, you know, um, what well, our school is a K through 12th school. Um, so, uh, mm. the, you know, this year we could, we should have had a B team, but we have some sixth, seventh and eighth graders on our JV team. Um, I'm 13 girls uh, on the team uh, that's never touched a ball before. And, uh, you know, I use that time too. you know, they're involved in the warm up. they're involved in the practice. Um, I even do play them when I feel that a, a couple of them uh, at times I can't play just for the simple fact that uh, they're, they're not as um, they're not as strong. And when I say strong, they're not as strong, as, not just in the game, but uh, physically as well and you know um the, the or the reaction time uh when i say that they taking the balls to the face and stuff so uh you know that, that they're really in a development stage and uh so but i do like them involved in the warm-up and I, i'm glad you brought that point up and i never thought of that about the, the time management at 20 minutes that they're actually getting before every game is quite a bit adds up to be a lot of practice time yeah, it's um, uh, it, it, and it, you've hit up 
you, you really hit on a good point. Those players that have never touched the ball, it takes some time to learn uh, what it looks like for a ball to come at you. You know, you have to learn where to look and how to see things and how to predict what's going to happen based on what the other team is doing. So a lot of that can happen uh, in in your warm-up if you're, you know, if you're doing it right. Uh, I mean, obviously it should happen in practice first, but it can, right. you can still be learning in your warm-up time. Yeah. I was thinking about an alternative, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the teams I see, um, and I think it's just historic. Um, you have the, um, and, and BJ, you know, up in, uh, up in the Midwestern regions, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you do your warm up and the other team shags for you and that kind of stuff go, that goes on, which I, I actually like a lot. Um, but if when that doesn't happen, you have the, um, the the traditional line of a coach slamming balls at kids for them to dig at point blank range to get them ready to play, and and I, I kind of would like to find an alternative to that. Isn't and as I was thinking about it, um, it was it, it would be something like have them be in that same line, but force them to shuffle to the side and make a pass on maybe a ball that's not drilled, but just make them shuffle their feet to get to the spot to take the ball. Uh, to, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to, that, that just occurred to me just thinking about what should I be doing? What could I be doing? Not should, but could be doing with that. Um, especially at the younger ages of my kids, um, they're, you know, if they get a ball drilled at them at that speed, it's, it's going to be pure luck that it comes up. But if they shuffle their feet to a, a free ball, or if they shuffle their feet to a, a you know, a soft, you know, a not so, you know, bullet serve, that's something we could benefit from. So I got to think about that. Yeah, it's hard. I, I, warm-ups are a, are a, a difficult uh, thing. You have to think about it in both short and long term. You know, short term you want to be ready for the match. Long term you want to be using using them to learn. So it's it's really difficult to yeah. to think through that. Yeah. And so, and, and yeah. with with the warm, oh, I'm sorry. With the warm up, um, you know, because we have a tendency to, and um, you know, from what I read, uh, a lot of teams, uh, w w you know, the first set, it's like it doesn't matter how prepared we are. It seems like we can come out a little flat on our heels, um, you know, no movement to, to the ball, and uh, it seems as the game progresses, going into the second set, um, it's like a whole different team out there. Um, you know, we, we've. Uh, We've lost several first sets um, where, you know, we come back and win the next three sets in a dominating fashion. And, you know, just that first set was just, uh, uh, I can't explain it. You know, if the team was even that much, the other team was that much more hungrier or if we were just that flat-footed and, um, you know, couldn't, couldn't play our game. I suspect it was, and I don't, I don't know because I haven't watched the matches, but I suspect sure. it was your team is learning from the other team what they're going to do. Wow. And you guys are learning fast, you know? That's right. So you, so you learn quickly and, uh, and adapt to what they're doing. And then you can take off from there. Yeah. I, yeah, that, that happens I really enjoy lot. that answer. That's awesome. Uh, I'm telling you, it's, <laughs> it's, it's true in a lot of cases. I've been, I, um, oh, what's, uh, BJ, what's the club in uh, Kentucky, just outside of Cincinnati? Kiva. Oh yeah. We used, yeah, we used to play them. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We used to go play them, and uh, you know, in, in, in the qualifiers, and and I would have like our threes teams, so it was going to be challenging uh, to to be to be fair. So we would go out, and I, I remember playing them one time, and we were like eight eight with them. And um, my parents were all getting all excited, and I'm just sitting there on the bench going, "They're and, and they didn't have any big play. They were, look, the whole team was like five nine. Everybody was five nine, um, and you know I'm just like, they're just figuring out what they can do. And then once they figured it out, it was just execution like crazy. And I've had that happen a couple of times where um, you know, Milwaukee Sting, we were up 13 to like five on Milwaukee Sting's ones and their coach was going ballistic. I got the story afterwards. Their director was there in the huddle with him and, and he's, he's like really upset and doesn't know what's going on. And he just said, let's see if they can keep it up. Just keep playing. 
and you know and and they came back and and we you know we had a good match and we played well but sometimes it's just your guys figuring out what they can and can't do i mean sometimes it is a slow start um and you can work on things for that you know maybe have a little more purpose in that first game we're gonna you know but it could be the other team's got three really good servers and they're the first three servers and you guys struggle getting your serve receive going and by the time you get to their weaker ser- servers, you're in better shape and you've adjusted to their speed and all that stuff, um, which is great if they make that adjustment. Yeah, the matchups are critical uh, in in those situations. I mean, it, it's all about matchup, you know. Can we do this better than them? Can we learn faster than them? Can they learn faster than us? How are we? Uh, how are we adapting to what? Yeah. So, so this may um, may be more directed towards BJ, but um, what, what kind of uh, what what kind of time are you putting on in on film? Are you watching film? I mean, do you do you know these teams before you're playing them? Yeah, it, at Division One, it's super easy to watch teams on film. Um, everybody has volumetrics, so. Uh, part of my job and and i'm i'm fourth on the at least fourth maybe lower on the on the ladder as far as uh, coaches are concerned at our at our school um but but i spend my time uh scouting the next opponents uh serve receive so it, it takes me about maybe 45 minutes to scout um, uh, uh, two matches of all of the other teams serve receive because I can just click through it you know in in volumetrics um, and juice is uh, you know he he's a he's a super uh, uh, intelligent um, uh, builder of this tool you can just click through one after the next. Here's that, here's that pass. Here's that pass. Here's that pass. And so I go through them all, rank all their passes. And we have kind of a system that we use, um, which I won't bore you with now, but it's, we can kind of tell is a player good at her, you know, in her midline or left or right or lower or high. And, uh, and, and so, so I would say, you know, I, I probably spend, I don't know, hour and a half or so per for each match that we're going to go into. That's how much time I spend looking at film. Um, I know our assistant one and probably our head coach as well are looking at film, just just watching what is the what is the other team doing, where are their attacks going. Um, I like to track the other team's attacks as well out of serve receive. If we're serving to them what are their attacks coming back from each rotation? So in rotation one, where do they like to attack? In rotation two, three, four. Um, I I do think, and, uh, you know, I'd probably wash my mouth out, but I, I, I think we probably spend too much time looking at film. And I think some of that is because it's all we have. You know, we can't do anything else. Um, I think if you were in a match and you you could track a team a little bit, uh, if you if you never saw them before and you could take a couple of statistics, I think you could, I think you probably catch up pretty quickly to what they're going to do without having to look at them too much. Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see VR uh, and AR creeping into the game at some level um and uh you know the, the technology is almost there at, at our I've, now i've done some things like put a 3d or a 360 camera on a player on a setter to let them you know you can stop at any one point and say okay now scan around where is everybody in that kind of thing and, and it's something that i've um looking into um as well as uh finding a video you know at the high school level of course um you know unless one of the coaches do it or uh, 
film the get video film the game you know we don't have any video or to practice and uh, i have been looking into several different types of um pieces of equipment that um i'm looking to purchase you know to do that and uh you know and possibly start using a stat program because right now it's all paper and pen for me you know and my assistant um takes the stats for me and when she's not around um you know i'm standing at the game taking them myself and um so that's that's something we've been looking into yeah yeah there's a couple um do you have anything anyone you like in particular bj as far as stats yeah well you got we got um, the college well I, let's say at your club team kind of level yeah when you're a solo coach yeah. I, I like um it, it, to me the game is almost all about serve receive so mm -hmm. i want to know how good is the other team receiving serve and you can you know you can make it really simple uh you, you write their numbers down and you, you start tracking them one two and three or or whatever your system is when they receive a ball in this area or that area you rank them and, uh, and you can figure out pretty quickly, probably by maybe halfway, three quarters of the way through the first set, who their better servers are and who is not as good. And then you light up the one, obviously, who's not as good. Um, as you get a little bit more sophisticated, you can find some stuff like what, you know, what Steve is showing on the, on the screen right now. Mm -hmm. Um, we have, uh, we built a, uh, a serve receive sort of, uh, statistical package that allows us to figure out, um, you know, pretty quickly what a player, uh, if a player is, uh, is good midline or left, right, high, low, uh, in what areas of the court. And, and we find a lot of data. I, I I keep saying to our coaches, I think we know stuff about the other team that they don't know about themselves <laughs> because, you know, if it, maybe a player is a great passer in five and six, but she's not so good in one or she's good in, you know, midline and short, but she might be not as good, uh, deep. So we, um, we have a just something we built that way, and you know the package that that Steve's got up here is is a way of tracking things um, in game, so you can see what what passers are or uh, hitters passers are doing well. You know there there are a lot of things, but I I like performance stats. I, I like you know, and, and one of the things this doesn't do, which BJ reminded me of something I need to work on, is you know is the analysis of the other team. This does an analysis of your team. And at most levels early on, that's enough. Um, but it is helpful. Um, you know, I'm probably going to have my kids just go ahead and, and chart it. Um, uh, you know, just chart where the attacks are going, where the serves are going, just to draw a map, uh, which I did for, um, uh, for our girls uh as kind of a volunteer for a while and in be in match you know you could kind of see okay just tendencies this hey number 20 you got to be all over her commit block to her because that's where they're going um and a little thing like that at a high school level can be all you need to make the the difference of a few points and that's usually you know if you're competitive um it's only a couple points you got to win to make it you know to if you flip one from a you know, lost point to a gain point, you know, two or three of those and you're good. Right. But what else? What else As have do we, we got? All. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're running up on an hour. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we're getting close to close to time here. Yeah. But, uh, I, I was just going to ask David if there's any, any other thing we didn't cover that you'd like to <laughs> cover before we go. I, this has been, you know, we're this, you're, you're being our first experimental coach in all this and, you know, for what it's worth, I hope it was helpful. But if you've got something else before we go, we'd be happy to handle it. 
Uh, I mean, you know, of course, um, I, I, there's probably lots of things, you know, that uh, maybe one day <laughs> we could discuss some more about. But sure, uh, you know, this just this opportunity. Uh, you know, I was I was nervous as all get in that, get out coming on. You know, um, joining. It was a, uh, it was a, uh, when I reached out, I'm, I'm not even sure what I was thinking when I was like, hey, yeah, le- uh, you know, this sounds interesting. Let's, uh, let me, let me come on here and talk to, you know, a D1 coach and, you know, a coach from out in Arizona and uh, see where this leads. And, but, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I, I want to feel like I'm doing the right thing for my team too. And, um, and that's getting better every day as a coach. And, you know, of course, you know, talking with some of the finest in the, you know, in, in the, in the business or in, in, in the game, I should say, you know, at different levels. Um, it's really encouraging and, uh, and I really appreciate you guys having me. Well, well, I was really yeah, happy I, you I reached too. out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, I think, I think you hit it best when you're saying getting better every day, you know, just studying, a little bit. Uh, how can I do this better? How can I do that better? Um, and I'm, I mean, for me, I was talking to a, a friend uh, earlier today about, you know, it, it, running a nine, 10, 11 year old team and how fun that is. Um, those, those teams are, are awesome because the breakthroughs happen every day. You know, it, it's it's not about being at the highest level. It's about it's about helping somebody learn um, what they want to do and and get better at what they want to do. For me, yeah, yeah, this is a great discussion. Great that you could be with us, David. We will have you back again sometime. Uh, we'll maybe we'll have an alumni, the uh, Je- Jeopardy champions. Um, so have a. A good yeah, rest that, that of That sounds great. Your day. Thank you, Steve. All right. Thank you, BJ. Yeah, good luck with David, your, it was with great your talking with you. Yeah, you as well. Thanks for listening, and thanks to David for joining us today. We are live on YouTube almost weekly on Sunday mornings in the U.S. Check us out at the Coach Steve YouTube channel. We post links to our sessions on the Volleyball Coaches and Trainers Facebook group as well. And you can let us know what you think and what suggestions you have at talkingvolleyball, one word, at gmail.com. See you next time.